I want anybody that's listening to us today to teach themselves and to teach their kids. So if you're listening, teach yourself, teach your kids, especially if you've got little girls like I've got, is to have the audacity to dream and have the audacity to dream as big and bold and endless as the sky. Because guess what? Sky's the limit to what you can achieve in life. If you have that audacity to dream as big as the sky, you will become whoever you want to without ever having to change who you really are. Teach those little kids and teach yourself that there will be times when it gets cloudy. Just like sometimes it gets overcast in the sky, life will get cloudy. But be confident in the fact that there's always going to be a rainbow that's going to chase those clouds away. There's always going to be sun and sunshine that's going to rise and paint that sky of yours with magnificent colors that are epic. Hello and welcome to Inside Out. My name is Billy Samoa Salibi and I'm your host. Through interviews and case studies, I examine how transformational insights have helped propel the lives and careers of exceptionally successful people. These major breakthrough moments teach valuable lessons that will help us in business and in life. Today's guest is Aparna Mola, one of the most inspiring people I have ever met. When I first met her at Solar City, she was preceded by her legendary reputation as the highest performing sales consultant in the company's history. The records she set remain unbroken to this day, yet she's incredibly humble and modest. This is part one of a two-part interview in which we dive into her backstory, as that's really the origin of who she is as a person. Originally from Mumbai, India, Aparna shares how her life as a child helped to pave the way to make her become the person she is today. Having loving and nurturing parents, but lacking what many would consider basic necessities like consistent running water and electricity, Aparna always knew she could get more from life, and her story reveals that her instincts were right. A master connector and relationship builder, Aparna is the type of person that you will never forget once you meet her. She has this incredible gift for winning over everyone she comes into contact with, and this gift has propelled her throughout her life, both personally and professionally. On this episode, Aparna offers advice for anyone wanting more out of life. This includes why she believes in having the audacity to dream big, the value of self-confidence, the importance of knowing your why, and having the grit and determination to never give up. We also learn how she defines happiness and being content, and the nuance between the two, and how this all ties into our goals and ambition. Aparna reveals that the one constant in her life is people and the human connection, and that sometimes it's the little things that matter most. I'm delighted to share Aparna's inspiring story and valuable insights on this episode of Inside Out. Hello, Aparna. Welcome to Inside Out. Hi, Billy. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited. I am just flat out thrilled to have you on the show. You are somebody that I've got a chance to get to know over the years through working together at Solar City and then at Tesla. And we met early in my journey at Solar City because you were the quintessential rock star that everybody talked about because you had just set the company record for most solar installations in a year. And this record was so extraordinary 
that I, I just couldn't even believe that it was real. You actually had 247 installs that you booked and installed in the course of one year's time, 235 of which were referrals. And so I was beyond words when I heard those numbers. I couldn't believe that a human being could do that. But then when I met you, it all made sense. I realized that you have that it factor, that special something that allows you to connect with other human beings in a special way that truly it's your gift. It's the thing that I think when I look at people in my life and I reflect and I think about those people that inspire me and have done things in their life that it's often going to be deemed as impossible or couldn't even happen. You're the type of person that will make that happen. And your story is amazing. I can't wait to share it with the audience. And so let's get started with that. Aparna, why don't you just start and just give us your story and your background? Thank you so much, Billy, again for such kind words and what a warm introduction. Honestly, I'm so honored to be on your show and to have this opportunity to share my story with you and everyone that's hearing us today. I believe that each and every one of us has a life that is an untold story, a life filled with struggles and successes that if narrated really well could be a story that's written in the stars. Now, mine started a little differently, simply because it started halfway across the world, 12,530 kilometers to be precise, or 7,786 miles away in one of the world's most populated cities, Bombay in India. My story started in a very small 500 square foot flat that I call home till this date, where I was born and raised by my parents and grew up alongside my older sister. You know, my story is that of an underdog. It's that of a young immigrant girl that was born as a nobody, but grew up always looking up at the sky and the twinkling stars and wondering, hey, how can I become a somebody? How can I get out of the rut of the life that I was born into to actually living the life that I dream of, to have a better standard of living, to have equal opportunity, level playing field, and, you know, most importantly, a fair shot at life. So in a nutshell, my story is that of a 21-year-old minority immigrant woman of color with a funny name and a weird accent coming to America in 2008 in the hopes of having a life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I understand now why you were able to put up the kind of numbers that you did. It's because of the human connection. It's because of your ability to connect with other human beings in a very real and meaningful way. You have that magical power, that it factor that allows you to have a, a deep and meaningful connection with just about anybody that you meet. And so I want to talk about your story, your upbringing, and really what brought you here to the States. Let's go back as far as you can and give me your story from the time you were a little one living in India and, and talk about how you came here and, and what it's been like. As far as I can remember, it wasn't the space or the square footage in our house that mattered. What mattered was how much space and square, square footage we had in our heart. That's what I remember my parents teaching me ever since I was a little girl because I grew up with nothing. If I shared and told you guys, hey, I grew up in humble beginnings, that would be an understatement because I don't mean a big house or a fancy car. By humble beginnings, I mean that the basic necessities 
necessities of life for me growing up were luxuries. I didn't have 24 hours running water and I didn't have 24 hours running electricity. What an amazing story. And I'm curious, as you look back at those moments when you looked up at the sky and you thought, hey, there's this other way, there's this bigger opportunity that could exist out there. What was the thought process that you had that allowed you to think that way early on? Because your parents, I know, played a a critical role in influencing you in the way in which you thought about life. And in many ways, you, you didn't have everything that maybe a lot of people take for granted throughout the world. You didn't have those things. Did you realize you didn't have those things at that time? Did you understand what opportunity existed outside of your current situation. I'm curious what you knew and when you started to understand what else you could do. Oh, absolutely. And Billy, I knew that the conditions in which I grew up and the conditions in which I was raised, there was a lot of love. There was a lot of support. Everything I am today, I owe it to my parents. But even back then, when I was a shy, stammering girl, I knew that there's a better world out there. And let me pull back the curtain a little bit. You know, let me really rewind the clock and take you back into my childhood and and the way I grew up is that when I said I didn't have 24 hours running water or electricity, um, I, I literally got water for about six hours a day. And so we had to store the water that we got for six hours in what we called syntax tanks that went in the loft of that tiny flat. Because for the rest of the day, we had to use water from those stored tanks. Similarly, I got electricity about eight to nine hours a day. And if I was lucky, it was about nine hours a day. And most of the times when it rained, what we call the monsoon season, it would flood our city. And sometimes we wouldn't have power for a week straight. So I remember being huddled around candlelight and daddy singing songs to us uh, to keep us entertained. We would play cards. But what was really, really hard is that I remember we would have to stand underneath streetlights and read through chapters in our textbooks as kids, so we could take the test in school the next day. Now, none of these hardships ever made it to breaking news on a TV channel or it was headlines in the newspaper, simply because this was life. Everybody just lived like that and everybody accepted it. But back then, like I mentioned earlier, I knew that this is the world I was born in, but this is not the world I'm going to live in. There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better life out there where if you work hard and if you show up every single day, despite the cards that life has dealt you, you can win. You've got a chance not just to be alive, but in all caps to live. And so, you know, with that dream, with the support from my parents, with the love that I got from my sibling, my older sister, I got a full ride and a scholarship to come into the United States to get my MBA in Long Island, New York at Hofstra University on August 18th, 2008. I'll never forget that date because that's the date when everything changed for me. If somebody thinks that, hey, you know, you made it to America, it's going to get a lot easier now. Well, you're mistaken. Because knowing that not one single day was easy for me, even when I came here, going through school, it was hard. 
there was not one single person that i knew in this brand new country i was broke as hell excuse my french <laughs> i was a full time student working two jobs on campus and i have mastered the english language but it still is second nature to me cuz many times when i'm talking as a matter of fact right now every time i'm speaking i kind of think in my head in my native tongue which is hindi and then i translate it into english so by no means am i saying that life got easier in fact there were little things that made life even harder for instance i i didn't know how to enter a building that had revolving glass doors it would give me sleepless nights i thought i had to time it and book it when the door revolved to run through to make it inside a building i know it sounds crazy right and going up and down the escalator at a mall oh my gosh i would cry and i would just hope and pray that i could take an elevator or just take the stairs because i didn't know how to navigate an escalator i never experienced these things before you know i still remember trying to get a bag of chips out of a vending machine and freaking out because it said you needed a quarter and i didn't know a quarter of what or walking around the campus looking like a deer in headlights when somebody said hey aparna what's up because i would literally look up and i always wondered why do people say what's up it's only the sky or the ceiling that you know i i feel like i had eventually it took me a while but i feel like i've fit in pretty well in the struggles continued as i graduated from business school a lot of my friends back in the day got into wall street got into corporate america but i just decided to choose a different path i decided to choose a path where i could do good for the world while living well you know trying to strike that balance and so eventually you know when you talked about my installs at the beginning as you introduced me yes i got the biggest break of my life and the biggest chance to make it at a company called solar city it was the number one residential solar installer all across the united states ultimately got bought out by tesla where i currently work and i built my career But you know the funny thing is is as I am narrating to you my story or my life struggles not even in my wildest dreams like I have to pinch myself did I ever think that life would come a full circle for me you know that I would get an opportunity to educate homeowners to not only conserve the one resource i never had growing up which is electricity and till this date it is the most sought after commodity in nations outside the united states people still stand in line to buy kerosene so they can light their oil lamps at night so they have some form of power And so today I get a chance to work for a company where I educate people and help them to not only conserve that resource but I give them an opportunity to make a choice of where they want that electricity to really come from where do they want it to be generated for themselves do they want it to come from a clean source which is the sun or do they want it to come from a dirty source which is fossil fuels do they want to have a chance to generate their own clean energy and then consume their own clean energy by driving electric vehicles or do they still want to continue using dirty forms of energy like burning fossil fuels and driving internal combustion engine cars so i really really feel very blessed and i say all this only because the reason why i think i have survived going on 33 years in my life is because all of these blood sweat tears heartaches 
I've been able to navigate through them by religiously believing in my roots, where I came from. Because the truth be told, there will be hard times. There will be trying moments in life. But don't give up. In fact, when times get hard, have an even more unfaltering belief and conviction in your why, in where you came from. And know that, you know, right now maybe the world is walking all over you. But when you become a somebody, they'll be walking on your star. Not in Hollywood, but in life's walk of fame. Amazing. And your why is so powerful and so rich. Thank you for sharing it. Has it evolved? Has it always been there and present in the way that it is today? Or has it changed over time? I'm curious. It has. It's a, such a great uh, and such a deep question to to dive into is because I'm not sure if if you've read or if people have read the, the book by Simon Sinek, starting with why. He even has a TED Talk. I believe in it wholeheartedly. And I also believe in the fact, because you brought up such a great point, that has it evolved? And the answer to that is yes. When I started my career with Solicity, it was back in 2012. So seven years back. My why was different. I mean, I, I I was still rooted. I was still grounded. You know, I still believed in where I came from. And I still believed in wanting to put a dent in this universe and in this planet. But I was struggling. I was struggling so bad that it was hard for me to pay the bills. It was hard for me to make ends meet. And so at that time, all I wanted was a job. But then that job became a career. And that career became a calling. So over the course of time, my why just got strengthened, got stronger and gave me the ability, gave me the courage to be brave, to be honest when it's easy to lie. It gave me the opportunity to have my integrity, to be strong in my ethics, even when it was easier to look the other way around. So yes, my why has changed. And I think as I continue to grow and learn and evolve as a professional, as a mother, personally, as a friend, I do think that my why will continue to evolve and grow stronger, but my roots won't. So Aparna, this show is all about insights. And as you reflect on your life, what discoveries or insights have you had that have helped you become who you are today? I mean, it seems like a lot of your insights have happened both through your journey as a child and recognizing that there's more out there. There's a better life, as you said. And then also as you came here, that it isn't necessarily just coming here by itself is going to give you opportunity. You have to fight for and have that grit and determination to seek out and claim whatever opportunity it is that you want to have. And I'm curious, what are those significant moments in addition to what you've shared or expanding upon what you've shared? What are those significant moments in life that you've had an insight or a sudden deep understanding or revelation that's helped you achieve the success that you've had? It's so funny you asked that because just the other day, you know, I was uh, putting up a wall art in my squad's bedroom. Now, squad is what I fondly and lovingly call my two little girls. I've got an almost six-year-old and I've got a three-year-old. And I was putting up this wall art the other day in their bedroom that said, be a pineapple, stand tall, wear a crown and be sweet on the inside. That small little wall art spoke to me and I think will inculcate the kind of upbringing and values that I want in my two little girls is because 
of the discovery that I've had in life that sometimes you're not born with a crown or with a silver platter with a silver spoon but you can always earn that crown and you can earn that by doing good in what you do without having to compromise on your values or on your integrity or on your morals or on your ethics you can stand tall without faltering in what you believe in have the grit have the fire in your belly to stand tall to wear that crown and then ultimately be sweet and be kind to the people around you you know i love country music and to me tim mcgraw is legendary there's a song that he wrote a couple years back which was a big hit on the radio and it was called humble and kind and what he says in that song is that when you get to where you're going in life so when you make it big when you achieve it when you make it in life when you feel like you've arrived stop and turn around and help the next person in line because that's the cornerstone to success the more good energy good karma that we put into the universe it comes right back and you know as i mentioned earlier i'm still learning i think i'm going to learn for the rest of my life in this amazing journey and i've got a long way to go but you mentioned something that stuck with me earlier where you said hey what are some of those revelations that happened in your life and there are two revelations that have come to my mind both of those uh, are going to be analogies here the first one is i want anybody that's listening to us today to teach themselves and to teach their kids so if you're listening teach yourself teach your kids especially if you've got little girls like i've got is to have the audacity to dream and have the audacity to dream as big and bold and endless as the sky because guess what sky is the limit to what you can achieve in life if you have that audacity to dream as big as the sky you will become whoever you want to without ever having to change who you really are teach those little kids and teach yourself that there will be times when it gets cloudy just like sometimes it gets overcast in the sky life will get cloudy but be confident in the fact that there's always going to be a rainbow that's going to chase those clouds away there's always going to be sun and sunshine that's going to rise and paint that sky of yours with magnificent colors that are epic so that's my first revelation because i learned this the hard way there were times when i you know i didn't trust myself there were times when i didn't have the audacity to dream but i don't want my kids to live like that and then the second revelation that i've had is in the 9 years that i've lived in arizona I'm going to compare this revelation to our state's swaro cactus. So swaro is a species of cactus that grows, you know, over 40 feet tall, so it's massive. It can live over 150 years and it's native to the Sonoran Desert here in Arizona. And if you ever visit Phoenix or any part of Arizona, you're going to probably see the swaro cactus everywhere. It's all over. So the second biggest revelation is that I want whoever is listening to us today to really have the character and strength and integrity like that of a 40 feet tall swaro cactus. Be strong in the face of adversity. Weather the storm. Stand unapologetically tall for your values and stay grounded. 
Because no matter how high you go in life, you've got to know where your roots are. And so, you know, those are really two of my biggest revelations that I'm hoping my kids learn from me and that I keep reminding myself every single day. I love the last point, especially. I mean, all great insights. Both of those things that you just mentioned are so important and crucial, I think, to anyone who wants to do amazing things on this planet. You, you got to think big. But I love the point you just made about being grounded. How do you ensure that you stay grounded in your life? That's such a great question because there are so many different ways in which I every day remind myself. If it's a great day, if it's a day I won, hey, you know, pretty easy to kind of stay grounded because I can just look around at all the accomplishments I've had. But it's on days when I feel like I haven't won. It's on days when I feel like, you know, I got the beat down. It's on days when I feel like I wanted that one shiny object in front of me so bad and I didn't quite get it. It's on days like that that I have to remind myself to stay grounded. And I think really the best way that my biggest advice to stay grounded is just to be connected with another human being or just to be connected with the individuals that come across in your life. You know, whether that's personal or whether that's professional. Because at the end of the day, the one thing that we have in common with each other is the connection, is the relationships that we build with each other. So that when you are on days that, you know, didn't go your way, where you felt like, you know, life did give you a whole bunch of lemons and you're trying to make lemonade out of it, you can rely on those connections. You can rely on those relationships to pick you up when you fall. And to build these connections, to build the, these kind of deep relationships with the people that you encounter is a gift that I think all of us have. It, the only difference is that I think some of us aren't as aware as others are. You know, it doesn't matter. This is what I have learned is that the color of your skin your accent, your race, your religion, your age, your sex, your background, or where you came from, or heck, even how much you know in life. None of that matters. Because the one thing that brings us all together that really matters is the connection that we have with each other as a human being. So, you know, I think this ability to be able to form relationships, just like how when you and I met years back at Solar City, I know that, you know, our relationship stemmed from professional into becoming personal. And, and I think that we've, that's just an example, but it just gives us so many different avenues in which we can connect with individuals so we can have deep, meaningful, long-lasting connections. And these need to be genuine and they need to be authentic because only then can we tap into them. Only then can we leverage that genuine connection, those authentic relationships to really pick us up when we are down or really help us stay grounded even when we see a lot of success in life. I couldn't agree more. And boy, are you the perfect person to sing <laughs> this, uh, to sing this, the importance of this. It is everything. And there's studies that have shown the importance of being connected and how it helps in us being happy as human beings. Curious, going back to your first point about dreaming big and having this unlimited mindset, what advice do you have for somebody that's listening to the show right now that maybe doesn't naturally have that tendency or they haven't developed the ability to think big 
or have an unlimited mindset, what would you suggest? The advice that I want to share on having a dream big or a sky's the limit kind of mentality, which was a challenge for me as well throughout my career. There were moments when I was, you know, asking myself the same question that I am, you know, I've had all these big hopes and dreams and how am I going to achieve it? And, and, you know, life is so hard and, and I'm having such a tough time just getting that one break in life and I realized then and this is the piece of advice I want to I wish I could go back in time and tell the 20 year Aparna the same advice and so if there's anybody struggling today with that dream big mindset and mentality I want you to know this one thing the biggest breakdowns happen just before the biggest breakthroughs the biggest breakdowns happen just before the biggest breakthroughs So if you feel that life has got you beat, if you felt that you had the biggest breakdown today and it's not going to get any better, well, let me give you the silver lining is that the breakthrough is just around the corner. As you've heard the phrase before too, it's darkest before dawn. And so I want you to know that it's okay. So many a times people say that, oh, it's hard or it's not good to cry. Or many times we try to cover up our hardships or our struggles, or we cover up the tears that run down our face simply because we want to look strong. We want people to know that I I've got this. But guess what? My secret that I want to let out with you today is that don't look at those tears or those struggles that are bittersweet as a sign of weakness. But rather, my advice is to wear those tears of struggles, of failures, of hardships proudly on your face because every single tear that's running down your face is like a diamond on your cheek. So let's be proud of it. Let's own it. Let's show the world that we earned every bit of the success and the accomplishments that we've received. And if you haven't received it, just know that it's around the corner. So eloquent. And I love the message that you're sharing right now is powerful. We often give up right before we have incredible success. And that tenacity that exists in successful people is oftentimes the secret ingredient necessary that has gotten them where they're at today. It's that never give up attitude. It's the ability to see past the road bumps, the obstacles, the bumps in the road that They're going to happen. They exist. And for most people, they often end up causing them to move and shift focus, give up, think that it's not for them, it's not worth it, or they can't achieve what they set out to achieve. But for those select few that can see around the corner and see through whatever obstacle is in their way, those are the people that have an incredible story to tell. And I think the message that you're sharing right now is that everybody has that ability. Everybody has that chance. Everybody has the never give up in them. It's a matter of whether or not they're going to let it shine through. And so thank you for sharing that message. I want to ask you something about your experience coming to this country and and having some of the the, the roadblocks and, and some of the experiences that you had early on. It seems like there were some cultural things that caught you off guard. What else stands out in your early 
transition to this country as learnings or things that that occurred that helped really give you that armor necessary to allow you to keep persevering and pushing through and realizing that yeah, it's going to be hard, but if you put in the work, if you give it the effort, that you'll see this incredible success. I know you had some time uh, working on political campaigns. Maybe you could share a little bit on that and what your learnings there were, but then also how you ended up getting into uh, Solar City and what led you to the solar revolution. Absolutely. Billy, that's pretty easy for me to answer because in one word, if I had to say what helped me or kept me going through my entire journey, especially coming into a different country, it's the people. Hands down, it's the people. It's the people that gave me a fair shot at life. It's the philanthropy and the generosity of individuals that gave me a full ride and a scholarship first and foremost to get on a plane for the very first time in my life. I'd never been on an airplane before. My first flight was Bombay to JFK nonstop for 16 hours. And you better believe it. I didn't sleep a wink on the plane because I was so excited staring out of that window. Just amazing at how we are flying through the clouds and the colors are changing and oh my gosh, just guessing what life is going to be when I land. So hands down, it's been the people throughout. It's It's been the people for me from my parents right from the moment I was born. You know, they've been my biggest cheerleaders. It's been the people that I encountered when I came into this amazing country. You know, the big hearts and the openness and the acceptance that I received, even though I was so different. You know, I got the opportunity to stand out yet fit in which is such a hard thing to do. But I I think you don't have to travel. You don't have to immigrate to another country. You don't have to go through the hardships or you don't have to go through the struggles that I did. You could still do that. You could stand out in whatever realm of life you're in right now, at the workplace, at home, around your friends, around your family, in your community, yet you can fit in. The different experiences that I've had, right, from political campaigns to, you know, being in Solar City to being part of the electric vehicle revolution with Tesla or the solar panel revolution that I was in with Solar City, every single time, the one thing or the one a constant that I've had are the people in my life. Because when you have humanized yourself, when you're comfortable in your own skin, when you make yourself vulnerable to the people around you, yes, there is a chance that someone might take advantage of you. Yes, there is a chance that you'll get your heart broken. But at the same time, nothing ventured, nothing gained. So if you don't Take a chance on people. If you don't bet on that dark horse to win the race, you're losing out on a lot of experiences in life. So, you know, when you said earlier doing a political campaign, yes, I was a field organizer for the 48th legislative district of King County in Seattle, Washington. And I worked on a 2010 U.S. Senate race. The, the, the one thing I took away from that experience, there were lots, lots of learnings, lots of door knocking, lots of phone banking, lots of volunteer recruitment. But the one thing I, I walked away from is that at the end of the day, no matter what party 
you might be registered or not registered in no matter what type of a constituent you are or no matter what subject whether it's the economy or whether it's the education piece or whether it's healthcare or no matter what the subject you believe in at the end of the day it's all about helping people solving problems that's it and in order to do that in order to help one another and in order to solve one another's problems we have got to on our campaign walls we had three words that were written because i believed in it uh, wholeheartedly and those three words were respect empower and include and i want whoever is listening to us or whoever is just tuning in or whoever hears this as a recording these three words have become the three pillars of my life respect yourself respect the people around you respect the people you interact with respect time respect god respect the life that you have been given the opportunity that you wake up every morning and you can breathe and you're healthy and you can go out and make an impact respect that gift that god's given second is empower empower self empowerment and empower the people around you empower your family members empower your friends and most importantly empower yourself to take charge to take control of your life and your decisions and your situations don't be the person that's playing the blame game or don't be the person that has that victim mentality that oh my gosh this happened to me which is why i'm not going to be doing x y and z take charge take control of your life because nobody else is going to get you to where you want to be other than yourself and finally include have a very inclusive mindset where it's not a a zero sum game where it's not that oh only i have to win everybody else can lose no we can all win in this together include not just friends family coworkers neighbors but include your community in what you do appreciate your neighbors you know appreciate the random person or include the random person you just walked by today when you were out in the evening walking your dog to the park with a smile include them you know spread that kindness or spread that happiness and the love and the joy for life as though it was confetti simply because it's free right spreading kindness and smiles and love and good energy and including people you know and people you don't know it's a blessing we don't have to celebrate thanksgiving just one time in the year every day could be thanksgiving so let's go out and let's give thanks to the people that we run into in our everyday lives really that's been something that has kept me through my whole story coming into america my experience working on a political campaign and then my experience working with big organizations like tesla wow i mean I, that's all i could say i often talk about we're a product of our experiences and of course you just shared something that had an impact on you those three words you not only embraced those words as part of the campaign and the initiative that you're working on but you have continued to use those throughout your life and i'm i'm certain that multiple experiences have helped turn you into the human being that you are 
But I'm fascinated. I would love to know what that girl who was studying out by the street lamp, what she was like and how different or how similar she is to the person you are today. I'm curious if I were to meet that young Aparna who had this audacious thought of maybe there's more out there. Maybe there's something more that I can get from this world. I'm curious how you've evolved and changed. If you were to look and and kind of maybe share a little bit about who you were then versus who you are now and what those differences are. (laughs) I don't think you want to meet the girl back then. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But oh man, uh, have I changed? I had big glasses and, you know, thick set of braces. I didn't have self-confidence at all. I was super shy. I remember my parents would ask me to recite something I learned at school or sing a song just to themselves or to our close family and friends. And I'd go pale in the face and I would run back, close the door of the bedroom and hide because I was so nervous. And so I have changed in a lot of ways. But I also think I've remained constant in a lot of ways. I think the things that changed about me was the experience, like you said. What changed about me was the self-confidence. I think sometimes when you live a very sheltered life, what I love about my parents is that they are my biggest cheerleaders. What I love about them is they sit front row, even if nobody comes to my show, they are front row screaming and yelling as though it was a sold out concert. I love that about them. But I think when you're sheltered many times, you don't realize your self-worth in the, in the sense that you don't realize what you're made of. And sometimes you have to go through fire in order to really realize your grit, in order to ignite the fire in your belly, you have to be put into a situation where you don't have a plan B. So back in India, that same young girl, you know, with big glasses and standing underneath the streetlight, furiously like reading through all these chapters, upset and mad that, heck, why don't I have electricity at home? Like I could have done so much better in my test the next day. That girl became the person that I am today because I was put through experiences in life where I could not afford to have a plan B. You know, many times we have a phrase that we say that, oh, you should always have a plan B. You should always have a backup plan. But guess what? In reality, there are moments in life when you don't have the luxury of a plan B, where you don't have the luxury of a backup plan. There is only one plan, and that plan has to work. It can either make you or break you. But then you realize that what doesn't break you makes you stronger. So that's the change that happened in me. Back home, I don't think I would have ever become the woman that I am today. Simply because, unfortunately, till this date and age, there are some things in developing nations that we are working to change. One of those things is equal opportunity for women. Women hit a glass ceiling in corporate India. Things are changing today, but yet I think women are still viewed from the lens of the fact that after a certain age or a certain level of accomplishment, it's best if you can stay home with the kids or it's best if you put your career second and put your family first. 
But the beauty about going overseas, the beauty about, you know, going west or coming into the world's most um, forward-thinking nation is that you question those beliefs. You question society. You question, hey, do I have to choose between being happy at home and being happy at work? Why can't those things happen at the same level? And so that's the one thing that changed about me is I gained a ton of self-confidence. I gained a ton of self-reliance and dependability. The other thing that changed is when I was at home, I never realized the value or how money came into my dad's wallet. So I'll give you a perfect example. If I had to ever go out with my friends to go watch a movie, in the wall unit in our living room, my dad's wallet, he would keep his wallet and his keys in that wall unit in the living room. And all we had to do is say, scream out and say, hey daddy, I'm taking 20 bucks because I'm going for a movie. I'll see you guys later. I'll be home by eight o'clock. And all he said was, Okay, sounds good. Be safe. Call me and text me. Now, 20 bucks in Indian currency didn't mean much at all. You know, it wasn't a big amount of money. You know, I, I didn't have the luxury to afford that. But even that small amount of money, I never thought twice how it landed in my dad's wallet and what the value of that 20 Indian rupees really was until... I started having my first full-time job on campus as a student in 2008. That's when I realized the struggles, the sacrifices, and the compromises that it takes to be able to earn that dollar and to be able to make the sacrifices because my dad was a single breadwinner at home. Mommy was a homemaker. And so it just gave me this respect not only for what my parents did, but it gave me respect for valuing the things in life that come my way. You know, like today I walk into a Starbucks and I'm very, you know, well-versed in ordering my grande seven pump caramel latte, you know, with whipped cream or without whipped cream, with 2% milk or whole milk or non-fat milk or all these different variations that I could put into my coffee to just make it fancy. But I remember the first time walking into Starbucks and oh my gosh, did I have like identity crisis because all I wanted was a cup of coffee. And there were three different options and sizes that I could barely pronounce. Like I still am not sure if I'm saying venti right or if I'm saying grande right. And I remember the barista across the register asking me all these options on the different types of milk I want, the different type of syrup I want in it and all these fancy things and I remember afterwards paying four bucks for a cup of coffee and wondering oh my gosh how am I gonna make it the rest of the week because I get paid only eight bucks an hour and I spent you know half of that on drinking this cup of coffee and so just it's little examples like that that I don't think sometimes we think too much or we take for granted just because we are busy. Life gets in the way. But if we could take a step back and just smell the roses or as you know, you're walking me through my own life and I'm just closing my eyes and, you know, thinking about, hey, you know, what was life like, you know, 20 years back to what life is today? 
a lot has changed but that one constant is that gratitude and earlier we talked a lot about the think big mentality don't stop dreaming and don't think about oh if it, i can't achieve this you know impossible that word actually spells out i am possible because nothing is impossible in this world so that's the one thing really that hasn't changed and i hope when i have this chat with you in a couple years from now i may get older but i hope that that doesn't this mentality of mine doesn't change either i don't think it will <laughs> that that i can assure you so you talked a lot about self confidence and that's something that you've built and that's maybe a factor that is different or has evolved since those days under the street light what is the same and you talked about gratitude that seems like something that's been a constant what else is the same and if i were to meet that young aparna i would see that that has stayed constant through your life finding happiness in the simple and the little things in life they've not changed i got the same amount of joy and happiness when i would walk over to the beach or when i would walk over to juhu beach right across from where i lived in bombay it's still a you know one of the biggest tourist highlights if you come to the city of bombay and eating that scoop of ice cream that i get even today when on tuesdays i take my girls to baskin robbins because on tuesdays they have a deal where you could get a scoop of ice cream for a dollar and i have that same amount of happiness and joy wait a second are you serious yeah. if you go to baskin robin on tuesdays there's a deal between 6 pm and 10 pm at night i'm not sure if uh, if there's a participating baskin robins by where you live now i sound like i'm uh, on a commercial but <laughs> this is not sponsored by baskin robins although that was my first job i assure you that th- this is not a sponsored ad although that's right. i am genuinely intrigued if that's real uh, maybe that's an arizona thing i don't know if they have it in, uh, in la i know here in los angeles on the 31st if it's a month it's on the 31st they have special pricing at Baskin Robbins so boy you're welcome Baskin Robbins for this free uh, PR but I go know, ahead right? so from 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 6 <laughs> till 10 you could get a, a scoop for how much a dollar or maybe a dollar 50 with tax uh, it's a kid size though by the way yeah that's the only disclaimer that's the fine print is that it's got to be a kid scoop but that's okay you know I'm watching my weight anyways so we get three kids <laughs> size uh, scoops of ice cream and the three of us me and Kinsey and Chrissy after dinner but we got to make it before 10 so bedtime is delayed that night a little bit but i i get the same amount of happiness and joy eating ice cream on tuesday nights with them that i did eating ice cream with my parents on the beach years back back home in india so that one thing hasn't changed and what that tells me and what that gives me a lot of hope in and it should give anybody that's listening to us today a lot of hope in is that the small things in life are actually the biggest impact that you'll have on your life if you can get excitement and happiness out of the small things in life you're going to get excitement and happiness and more than anything fulfillment that's the word i was looking for fulfillment from the big things in life because otherwise the flip side of that is that you might see the world you might soar so high in sky but you might still not be able to appreciate all the things that you've had it just goes to say that at the end of the day find those little things 
If you don't have kids, that's okay. Find little things that you can gain happiness or joy from. Find your passion. If that's, you know, taking a walk out in the evening and just enjoying the breeze as the weather gets better and as we head into fall and then winter, go appreciate that. When it starts to snow, go out, run and try to catch the first snowflakes that fall. It's a little thing, but it'll just give you such a different perspective in life. Catch the first rain of the season. When you wake up in the morning and if you catch a sunrise or a majestic sunset, just soak it in. You know, enjoy that moment and bottle up that moment as though it were going to be perfume because this is what I do all the time. So every time I'm sitting in the evening on a Tuesday, enjoying that kid's scoop of ice cream with my girls and just, you know, laughing and having a good time, I tell myself, hey, Aparna, capture this moment as though it were a perfume and lock it up so that when times get hard, or when life gets hard or you run into a calamity in your life where you don't know how to break free, here is what you can do. You can open up that virtual bottle of perfume that you locked up with all these different simple little happy memories and you can spray that on yourself. And if you close your eyes and you take a deep breath and you think back at that moment that you had locked in, you can actually find that peace, the quiet, and you can actually find the solution to the problem that you're stuck in. That's why it's so important to remember these small little happy moments that are so simple. And, and if we wake up to that, and if we consciously look at our day and look at our life, trying to bottle up those little, happy, simple moments in our life, you know, you're going to be a billionaire in the matter of a week. I can assure you that. It's just that oftentimes we don't look at life like that. We've got blinders on or we are rushing from one thing to the next to the next. And so that moment happens, but it passes us by. It's gone. But now if you consciously look at life and seek out, look out proactively for those simple, happy little moments in life, Trust me, I said a billionaire in a week, you're going to surprise me and you'll be like, man, I'm a billionaire in two or three days. I have so much of happiness and a wealth of happiness from simple little things that I didn't even know existed in my life. So I recommend checking it out, trying it out. You're touching on something that I think is so hugely important in how we think about the happiness of life. And that is happiness is not what you do. Happiness is not the title you have or the position you have at work. It's not how much money you make. It's not that you're all of a sudden, you know, having the career success that you you've dreamt up, you know, happiness is those little things. And often it's the little things combined with the people that we care about, like eating ice cream with our children or catching a snowflake uh, with those that we care about. And I want to go back to some of the comments you made earlier, which is you said that nobody knew any different. When you were in India, the fact that you didn't have water, regular or, or electricity or water as, as you maybe are used to now that you live here, that was normal. 
everyone had that same situation. And so perspective matters, right? Now, as you look back, it's very different. But when you were a kid growing up, I would imagine that you had a ton of happiness because you had great parents, you have a sister that you love, and you had so many of those little moments. Yet at the same time, and this is kind of deep here, but you touched on maybe there was that glass ceiling. So I'm trying to reconcile how a young person growing up in a developing country, as you said, there's there are some things that exist that maybe are make it challenging, but there's also things that exist that make it more simple in ways. And and sometimes when I think of the countries that I've visited and I've, I've been very fortunate to have gone to over 40 countries in my life and I've seen the full gamut. I've seen the bustling metropolis of a city like Tokyo and I've been to Lesotho, which is a landlocked country in South Africa where they were absolutely amazed at my camera and of of me just generally. And, you know, I'd have these kids that, that I would go see and they would just surround me. But they had so much happiness in their eyes. They had so much care for each other. And there was this bliss that existed that I, I really can't describe in words that will really put to light what it felt like. I mean, we're talking about a country where I don't want to misquote, but I want to say 30, 40% of the population is HIV positive. I mean, it's that serious. And and apologies if I'm inaccurate with the exact number, but a, a large number of people in the population have been infected and yet they're happy. They're enjoying life. And so it's this weird situation where on one hand, they may not have all of the material things that often we think are what is going to give us happiness, but they have each other. And so I want to kind of dive in and, and, and after this, we'll move past your child because I know we've talked a lot about it, but it's so fascinating to me. I think it's something that's really integral to, to your story and to how you've become the person you are. When you were a kid, I would imagine that you were a happy kid. It wasn't that you weren't happy, but talk a little bit about that and the mental journey that you went through to where you, you did finally recognize that you would have more opportunity in another place, but yet that's not to say that you didn't enjoy the life that you had growing up. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, Billy, I was a confused kid. It was confusing. It was confusing that on one hand, I'm happy. I have so much love around me. But on the other hand, we are struggling to never be able to afford a brand new car or go on a vacation, or it was confusing to me that when other friends from my school would come back from a a summer break or as we progressed to different grades in school and, and they had newer shoes and newer bags and, you know, we all wore the same uniform, but they just had newer stuff and I didn't. And it was confusing. I'm not gonna lie. I was confused because on one hand, I wasn't jealous or ashamed that I don't have it or upset by any means. But at the same time, I wondered why. I wondered why I don't get all these things and others do. Why do I travel on a bus? Why do I wait? Why is my commute 
two and a half hours more than somebody else's. You know, why do I not have air conditioning in my little flat and everybody else does? Why do I not have a cell phone to communicate with my friends and my parents and everybody else does? So it was very confusing. And eventually I realized two things. The first thing I realized is happiness is what happiness does. Meaning what you do makes you happy. If you sit there and you are complaining and you're upset and all you're doing is being unhappy, then guess what? You're just going to be unhappy. So I realized that happiness is what happiness does. And to go with that, sometimes you have nothing, but you have everything. It's an oxymoron, but it's very true. And I think that's what you learned when you traveled and you saw people in these countries with these life-threatening diseases, yet they were happy because they found happiness in the basic things in life. But then what I also learned is that the solution to my confusion growing up is that there's a difference between being happy and being content. So being happy could be not having anything in life, yet being surrounded by love, having people that matter in your life and being that rock for them that they can rely on and they can depend on. And that makes you happy. The simple little things in life that I talked about make you happy. But then ask yourself, are you content with the amount of happiness you have right now? Or do you want more? And I say this not in a way that you're not satisfied or you're not fulfilled, but I'm saying content here in a very positive light. That are you content with where you are in life? I want to tap into your ambition. I want to tap into your goals. I want to tap into your future here. Meaning if you are happy with where you are today, and you respond saying, hey, I'm content where I'm at right now. Well, now you found the perfect balance or you've struck that balance between happiness and content. And you're in a state of bliss. You're in a state that most people dream to get in. But most of us happen to be in a state in life where we might be happy. But if we really genuinely look at ourselves in the mirror and look into the eyes that we see back looking at us in our reflection in the mirror and ask the simple question, hey, are you content with what you have? You might realize a different answer. And that's self-awareness. So I know that now we are going deep, but I think that's what helped solve my confusion. That I was happy growing up in India. I didn't need to have to really bust my back and get a full ride and a scholarship to come to America. But the truth is, I wasn't content with the level of happiness that I had back then. I wanted to push myself more. I didn't want to just accept the status quo. That didn't make me happy. I wanted to do more. I'm going to go back to that dream as big as the sky is. Be unapologetic about it. And all of these things I say, not in a way to be ungrateful or not be thankful. I say all of this in a way to actually motivate and self-motivate oneself. Because we are the only people that are going to get us to where we want to be. So if you ask yourself, and the question to that is, I am happy right now, but I want to do 
X, Y, and Z. Or I want to move mountains so that when my kids get older or when they have their kids, I can give them whatever that goal is that you've set out for yourself. Like one of the goals that I have in full transparency is that I want to be able to give both my kids, when they buy their first property, I want to give them 20% that they put down as a down payment. I want that gift to come from their mummy. I want that gift to come to them from me as a token of my appreciation and my love and for all of the struggles that I have made for them, I want to give that to them. So I am happy where I'm at today in life. But if I ask myself, am I content with all the goals that I want to achieve? The answer to that is no. So I'm going to push myself beyond my limits. I'm going to push myself to achieving goals and getting past different challenges in life just so I can be content once I hit that goal that I've set for myself for my girls. So I mean content here in terms of ambition. And so I just want to make sure that people aren't losing sight between being happy, being content, striking that perfect balance. And if you do, then you are in this amazing land of utopia, in, in a land of bliss that most of us can only dream at getting. But I think if you do the right thing, if you work hard, if you show up every day, if you're honest, if you're true to yourself, and finally, if you can go to bed every night being at peace with yourself, with what you've done and by your actions, you will be both happy and content. Such an important distinction. And thank you for sharing that. I really love that way of differentiating the happiness that we would feel on a day-to-day basis and that which you really say, you say content, but layered into that is the ambition and the goals and what you really want from life, what you want to do with your life. And in a lot of ways, what is that legacy you want to leave? And what do you want to look back at and say with fulfillment that you're proud that you've done whatever it is that you've done with your life? You talked about looking in the mirror and asking that hard question, are you content? What advice do you have for somebody that struggles with either answering that question or with really being able to visualize and crystallize what being content means for them? Such a great and such an insightful question here. You know, I I, I wish that there was a one-size-fits-all answer that I could give because if I had to be brutally honest with myself right now, there are days when I ask this question to myself in the mirror and uh, I don't know if the answer is a resounding yes. You know, there are days when the answer is a yes, but then there are days when the answer is I don't know. I'm not sure. Is this really what I want? Can I do it? But that's when I shake that that doubt or that fear or that seed, even the slightest thought or layer that comes into your mind that I'm not sure. Can I? Or should I do this? Or will I be able to do this? That's when I'm going to ask you to tap into your why. Because at the end of the day, you know, when we opened up today's conversation and we talked about my story, if I remember clearly, I said that we all have a story that is untold. We all have a book. No matter what the previous chapters of your book may say, 
you have a brand new section that you could start writing in your book or in your autobiography starting today starting this moment and so it's very very critically important and crucial in my opinion that if you want to answer that question to yourself when you look at yourself in the mirror you have got to go back in and tap into your why you've got to know what your why is you've got to be in sync with your why yes your why is going to change over the course of time your why is going to change as you evolve as a human being as an individual as your personality takes shape but at the end of the day what makes you and and i think my biggest um ask is going to be that if you're not sure of what your why is take a step back take a few hours before you go to bed after dinner maybe pause the tv show that you're watching and do this as a self help or self awareness activity because i have done this myself pull out a notepad pull out a pen and write down maybe two moments in your life that defined you as an individual it can be anything it can be personal it can be professional it could be a chance encounter with a stranger it could be whatever that is but two moments in your life that changed who you are start there in crafting your personal why like my biggest the, the life changing moment that i had was when i got dropped off at jfk airport on august 18th 2008 when i started to craft my personal why when i started to doubt myself when i looked at myself in the mirror because i wasn't sure if i was happy if i was content if i was in between if i had ambitions or if i should just accept the status quo this is exactly what i did i sat down i wrote out two of my life's biggest moments that shaped me into the human being that i am today the first one was when i got dropped off at jfk i didn't know anybody i didn't know anything you know we drive on the other side of the road we've got a right hand side drive instead of a left hand side drive in america and the reason why i say that is because when i came out of the airport i remember looking at the road and being in awe and shock as to how everything is on the opposite side here It's the little things like that but that moment like I I will never forget in my life what it was like to come here what it was like to get assimilated into this culture into this new world into being accepted The second moment in my life that defined who I am as a person is when I became a mother because to be brutally honest with you I was not expecting to get pregnant when I did and that came as a big shock to me and I wasn't even married to the guy I was dating at the time and I don't say this lightly I don't take this lightly but I am just going to be so honest with you um just so that you can get a chance to be honest with yourself because only then can you craft a why for yourself only then can you answer and look at your reflection in the mirror and be able to say yes i can do this because look at all the things that i have done look at what's made me into the human being that i am today and so becoming a mother for the first time in my life i was scared beyond words like i i was shivering when you know i i found out i was pregnant 
pregnant. Um, of course, I got married then because of societal norms growing up in India. It was you couldn't have a baby if you were not married. And so I went to the courthouse and I got married. And then I ushered this unbelievable human being into the world that rocked my life in the best way possible. Sometimes I just get emotional thinking about it and, and talking about it. Because I have never prayed for somebody whose face I've never seen before. I have never prayed for somebody whose name I've never known before. But for the first time in my life, I did all that for a life and a miracle that came into this world and has made me so freaking proud. Because every day, I try my best to look at life through her eyes. Because I think if I look at life through her eyes, it gets better. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know why. When I look at life, I sometimes look at the gray and the gloom and the clouds and the misfortune. But when I look at life through her eyes, I see the happy. I see the content. I see the bliss. I see the fortune. I feel the excitement. You know, I see all those things that make me want to then look at myself in the mirror and go like, yes, I can do this. Yes, I can be the person that that little girl looks at. Because when Kinsey looks at me, she doesn't look at a mother. She looks at a hero. She looks at somebody that can move mountains and that can change the world. And for anybody that has been in my position or that has been in a position where you feel like, you know, maybe the cards were not dealt right. Maybe I got an extra dozen of lemons than anybody else did in life. But if you've been in my shoes, then all I want to tell you is one thing, and that is that to be a hero and to be a superhero, you don't need to be born with God-gifted talents or gifts or abilities. To be a hero, all you got to do is you got to make a choice every single day when you wake up that through your action, through your work, you will be good. You will be good every single day when you go to work. You will be good every single day to the people around you. You will be good and honest, even when times are hard, especially when they are hard. And you will be brave more than anything else to look at adversity head on, look at it like you've never looked at anything else before and say the words that, yes, I can do it. And if you do that, you are going to put a dent in this universe. You're going to push this planet forward and your kids and their kids and generations to come in your family are going to look back and look at you as a superhero. Thank you for listening to this episode of Insight Out. I hope you enjoyed the show and I really hope you took away some valuable insights that will help you in your career, in your business, or in your life. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate the show on your favorite podcast platform. This is extremely helpful and I can't tell you how much I would appreciate it. 
Also, if you haven't checked out our website yet, you can find us on the interweb at insightoutshow.com. On the site, you'll find tons of great content, including all of our podcast episodes, videos, blog posts, and the all-important link to support this show through Patreon. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's an amazing platform that helps creators gain the support they need to continue creating. And remember, your next life-changing breakthrough moment may happen when you least expect it. Insight out. Insight out.